everybody. Thanks for tuning in to All Things Division Three Soccer with Simple Coach and Jackie. I am Simple Coach. Yeah, you guessed who that is. Anyhow, today we're not talking about Division Three Soccer. Today is an episode of Injured Time. The show that gives me the latitude to speak of anything I wish to speak of and opine on in the world of soccer. Um, truth be told, I hadn't planned on doing this, but when you're gifted a gift, you must accept the gift. So I'm um, very thankful to Major League Soccer for the gift of this injured time. Um, um, so today I'm going to be talking about something that eh, not everybody, but uh, a lot of folks, a lot of hardcores are talking about, which is MLS announcing that it was withdrawing. It's the the professional teams from the U.S. Open Cup and substituting them with the their MLS Pro Next guys, um, which has um, you know fallen like a ton of bricks for those of us who hold the U.S. Open Cup in high regard and high esteem. So with that, let's get rolling. Okay, so on Friday, um, Richard Nix, oh, I'm sorry, I meant Don Garber and Major League Soccer announced that the Board of um, Governors, Directors, whatever, announced the following uh, news. Major League Soccer announced today that at its recent Board of Governors meeting, its clubs its clubs voted to have MLN, MLS Next Pro teams represent the organization in 2024 Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Cup. MLS will coordinate with U.S. Soccer regarding participation uh, in the tournament. Uh, and goes on, and it goes on. Inclusion and, you know, provide emerging professional players with additional opportunities for meaningful competition. Um, it will reduce the schedule congestion as well for MLS, freeing up to six midweek match dates. Um, and... It ends with MLS remains committed to working with U.S. soccer to evolve and elevate the Open Cup for everyone involved in the years ahead. Um, so, yeah. So that was the announcement. Now, here's the thing. Let me backtrack quite a bit on this one because it's it's I think it's really interesting, right? And it's just sort of the moment where we're at. Um, you know, we're 27 years in, almost 30. You know, for those of us who started following Major League Soccer in 1996, it was at the kickoff, the first game in Columbus Crew history. I watched this guy score um, the first goal in Major League history and can remember it vividly outside of the box um to the right of the keeper hits a ball back post uh bends it in um and uh san jose clash beat dc united one nothing the irony too is that in this this is from nine this is from 
uh, season preview before in 1996 says here, Hunt remains pioneer, which is the ultimate irony, right? I'm sorry, I'm, I'm digressing. But because of this fragility of professional soccer, you know, we generally accepted and understood some of the more interesting decisions of the league. You know, when I don't think people remember, and I think a lot of the folks who are sort of in a blather about pro rel and all these different things forget or weren't around for you know the kind of news that you read a lot of in the early years of mls and it, it I'll, I'll just say it definitely has an impact especially when you see want to see soccer succeed in the u.s right um here's out of wikipedia uh, Major League Soccer lost an estimated $250 million during its first five years and lost more than $350 million between its founding and the year 2004. Poor financial condition and declining attendances forced MLS to cut expenses to reduce operating losses. Uh, owners agreed to freeze team budgets and refrain from signing new players um, during the winter break. Uh, between 2000 and 2001 seasons, you know, there was talk uh, about uh, trimming the league from 12 teams back to 10. And in January 2002, uh, it had decided to con contract the two Florida franchises, the Tampa Bay Mutiny and the Miami Fusion of Ray Hudson lore. You know, and some of us go further back. Um, you know, between during the interregnum period between the death of the NASL and the birth of MLS, some of us played wherever we could. So some of us played in the APSL. And I will say my claim to fame is when... I stopped the penalty kick of this guy uh, during a game when he played for the San Francisco Blackhawks, Bayhawks, I'm sorry, and the and I played for the Penn Jersey Spirit, right? Because there wasn't a lot of opportunity for, for, for ball players back then. You know, so as fans, the, us early fans, we have a, historically had a high threshold of pain, and the result is that we were willing to put up with some of the more interesting aspects of the league. The more gaudy jerseys that look nothing like our favorite European teams. By the way, I still love this one personally, but hey. Um, you know, we had a love-hate relationship with the shootout. You know, there, <laughs> as weird as this sounds, we came to have a personal relationship with Phil Anschutz, the billionaire who at one time owned six teams. And through his the the force of his own will, for it seemed, managed to pull the league through the rough times in the late '90s and early 2000s. I mean, after all, that's why it's called the Phil Philip F. Anschutz Trophy. You know, but hey, MLS started to turn things around in 2001, 2002. Started to turn a corner, and that's where it started to get interesting. You know, the best run in U.S. national team history, 
the 2002 World Cup where uh, we made it to the quarterfinals, which if you haven't, go watch the game against Portugal again. I watched that thing at like four in the morning because it was in Japan, and it's still one of my favorite games ever. Um, but when they turned a corner, you know, MLS decided, okay, hey, let's, you know, accept the international laws of the, of the game, substitutions, you know, we, we had signed this, this phenom of a ball player, the future of American soccer, 14 year old kid named Freddie Adu. You remember Freddie? You know, we had players going over to Europe, so it showed that there was a path from the for the league to sell pl- players for a profit. I mean, this is unheard of. You know, in 2005, the league created created the MLS reserve teams. So, you know, the MLS Pro Next guys who were supposed to play in the in the uh, Open Cup next season. Um, you know which. Which again, we're, the league sh- is show- was showing that hey, we ha- we're going to build a pathway for younger players so that we can we can develop a culture of player development and what have you. Two thousand and seven, they realized hey, we got to get higher quality players in, so they created the designated player, and there were a bunch of other changes, and then obviously expansion. Right? They com- they went from 12 teams to 10 and now we're up to what 29 30, almost 30 so generally speaking all good things all good things so like it or not major league soccer is the most successful professional soccer league in the history of the of the united states of u.s soccer right when, when it turns in four years it will have been around twice as long as the NASL, the second most successful. I put that in air quotes because I have very strong opinions that it really wasn't. It was just smoke and mirrors. But, right, so all of these good things. But, but, there have been trade-offs, not all good. Um, you know, throughout this whole process, what started out as a league expressly for U.S. players um, to help grow the U.S. game um, has morphed into a league not for U.S. players. I know there are some who might disagree with it and quibble with it. What's the big deal? But to me, this is really disconcerting. And it's not the first time. It's just, just because it just happened. You know, you watch the MLS Cup Finals just um last week or whenever it was last weekend and 17 of the starting 22 are foreign born non-american players and of course what mls has done again going back to the rules and sort of accepting of these things you know that the star chamber byzantine rules that they created kind of hides the different categories of players so that you know there's international players, and then there's other players who aren't don't aren't categorized, but they are indeed foreign. Which again, I'm not. It's not a bad thing. It's just the reality of it. 
Second thing is MLS has become a testing ground, right? Let's face it, MLS is more than willing to experiment than, say, the Premier League. So VAR, right, and all the different rules and, hey, let's try, you know, different things. FIFA says, hey, we want to try this. MLS jumps into the fray. And probably the thing that really annoys me the most is that aside from its 29 years of history, the league is utterly ahistorical. It has no concern for the history of the game in the United States. It is ever-changing like a chameleon to just adapt to whatever the, you know, the shiny new toy of the, of the, um, um, of the day is. And we'll, we'll, you know, we'll become an American League again, and for U.S. players, if that's what drives um, attendance and, and corporate sponsorship. But until then, it's corporatized and definitely, definitely, definitely... And when I dealt with the league, it was felt like this, but diluted by its own grandeur. And then to boot, and which is probably where this is all going to come together in the U.S. Open Cup. There's something worse, something worse than those. It's become the 800 pound gorilla of U.S. soccer and uses its weight to bully the rest of of the soccer community to accept whatever it decides. It's long moved beyond partnership or how to grow the game. And it has become bigger than the game itself. At least that's what MLS thinks. Over the years, it's worked its way to have the U.S. Soccer Federation bend to its will whenever it wanted. If anything, the Federation has become the league's useful idiot. And look, I understand, right? Money and success of soccer, which has been fleeting since, you know, up until 1996, is a powerful draw, and it's something that it's hard not to get pulled into and be like, hey, I just want to go along for the ride, so what do I got to do? But truth be told, I, I think it's time for the Federation to exert its authority over its members, in particular over Major League Soccer. You know, with Major League Soccer's decisions to not participate, in quotes, right? Because they they are participating, but not to the level that is expected. The Federation is facing an existential challenge, I think, over over who truly rules soccer in the United States. It's time to sort out the authority of the Federation and that of one of its member leagues, a league that since its inception was given every opportunity to succeed by bending rules, looking the other way, and in some cases working hand-in-hand with the league at the expense of others. I mean, the the comedy of this and the, the show that injured time for today is that this isn't a fight that found Major League Soccer. I, if if this were a fight that, um, you know, making it up, you know, the NBA decided to pick with Major League Soccer, that would be one thing. But this is, this is some, this is made by Major League Soccer, and so it's their sole responsibility for where we're at. This is a fight that Commissioner Don Garber has picked 
with an announcement he really didn't have to make about a tournament that many diehard soccer fans hold in very, very high esteem. And at a time that seems reminiscent of Nixon's Saturday Night Massacre. Like I said, this is of his own making. And I know he deferred it. This wasn't the commissioner. This was the Board of Governors, right? He's only been speaking for the last year about how the U.S. Open Cup was not helping Major League Soccer. But why make the decision in the first place? You know, there's been, again, since 1996, there's been this long intertwined symbiotic relationship between Major League Soccer and U.S. Soccer. And by symbiotic, I mean like the early gestation period of the xenomorph in Gilbert Kane's chest in the movie Alien. All was fine until it wasn't. I can't believe I just did that. <laughs> it's like I was so excited when I put that clip together. It was just so terrible. I apologize. I'm not the greatest of of um, splicers and stuff like that. But I was just I was chuckling when I thought of it. But so anyhow, you know, as the big dog in U.S. soccer, which Major League Soccer is by far the wealthiest, strongest backed, all all those things has all the facilities. Um, all of those things. Um, you know, MLS has long been in the game of centralizing the soccer economy under its control. That's been the bi business model since Commissioner Garber took over in 1999. You know, that in part led to Soccer United marketing, the marketing and entertainment arm of Major League Soccer. And until recently, 2023, some, as it's, as it's known, was responsible for marketing U.S. soccer, which included the U.S. Open Cup. Funny how timing and ego contests work. Truth is, the game is much bigger than any one player or any one league. And this, to me, is a challenge to that very notion. What is bigger? Soccer in the United States or Major League Soccer? Right. I, I wouldn't call this a cultural war, but it almost feels like it, right? Again, the sanitized, corporatized, manufactured culture that Major League Soccer puts so much emphasis in creating or the actual soccer culture, for all its good and for all its ills, um, you know, it's a battle of dominance. You know, but the question is, what can the Federation do, right? Especially where I think it's in a weakened state, right? It's just not, this is not, this is not a battle that they wanted. I bet you the, the, the mathematics on the side of Major League Soccer was they can't do anything. They can't hurt us. So let's just do whatever we want to do. Um, so what can the Fed do? Well, truthfully, nothing that MLS or U.S. Soccer is going to like. All right? 
The last time someone tried this was in 1928, and the American Soccer League withdrew from the U.S. Open Cup, and the Federation duly suspended them and their players. Right? But I'll, I'll be honest, this to me, that is like, I'm not sure that that's the angle to go, right? Because those players who play in the suspended league, in this case, Major League Soccer, are technically not allowed to play in FIFA events or Federation events or anything of the like. So that is, I mean, that to me is like the, you're being, bringing out the howitzers, you know, like you're lining up all your artillery at once and firing at once. But anyhow, I, I don't, I don't, think anyone wants to set U.S. soccer back to the days before MLS, you know, because of squabbles between the Federation and Major League Soccer. So it can be done. So just three thoughts that I thought, what, hey, that's okay. Make it hurt. And where does it hurt Major League Soccer the most, right? Aside from reputationally, right? Like, there's a big image thing that goes on at Major League Soccer. But, you know, the first one, you hit them where it hurts, which is w w the financial part. If part of their membership, and it is, they are required to participate in the U.S. Open Cup, and they refuse to, fine them. You know, I'm guessing fifty grand per club per year if they don't participate. That would create, let's just say, $1.5 million in revenue that should be given to the two teams in the final of the U.S. Open Cup. You know, you give $1.2 million to the winner and 300000 to the loser. Yeah, that, that, that would go a long way, I think. And to that theme, hit them where it hurts, part two... Don't approve any games that are part of the League's Cup to be played in the United States, which they have the authority, the power to do. There's lawsuits about it, but the, the Federation has precedence on its side. And I'll just say authority, like that's sort of the way the soccer world works. But, you know, if they're afraid that the if that MLS is going to sue, don't cancel every game. Make it random and very inconvenient. Maybe nix the Campeones Cup game. Don't allow a foreign team from coming in to play that. So they got to go to Mexico or wherever. Oh, and, and maybe, maybe stop playing U.S. national team games in MLS stadi stadia, stadiums. Right? And as a matter of fact, just, you know, NFL, doesn't matter. Non-MLS affiliated stadiums i'm sure there are plenty and that those two alone i think would be pretty powerful right like that's that to me is like we are being serious and mls would not like that right like they would be very i think they would be shocked and angry because someone has dared to um um to stand up to to major league soccer but, you know, I don't, 
you know, the truth of the matter is, I don't know, does it have the authority to do these things, right? The fining, and I would suspect they do, and they do have the approval, they do have the power to approve or deny foreign teams from playing in the United States. That's just the way soccer rules, right? I would say probably this would incite an all-out war between the Federation and MLS to one degree or another. But if you think you need to throw some more salt in the wound, I got another idea. Rescind the decision to have the National Training Center built in Atlanta, which in hindsight looks like such a bribe. And a willing bribe, right? I've I've argued for a long time that I think there should be training centers. Um, you know, there should be six or seven uh, training centers in the U.S., all in different locations, different environments. Some, you know, very hot, some very cold, that t- type of thing, and develop players out of those out of those places so that we have different type of players um, from all types of different backgrounds. But that's for another day. Um, you know, and if you're going to take it out of Atlanta, oh, let's go to a place that is a non-MLS city, Indianapolis. Um, uh, and just so happens that they have a USL team. Right, you could do that. I mean, that's look. I'm the emotional type, the type that nobody want would want in Major League Soccer because I come up with things like this and I don't toe the line very well. So um, I would, um, but these are some things that could theoretically be done. Now again. None of this would be pretty. Commissioner Garber and Major League Soccer would most definitely go to court, I would presume. Um, but it would also force Major League Soccer to think what is the best re- resolution to the conflict, and they can go the hard way, or um, they could rejoin the U.S. Open Cup. Sadly, the truth of the matter is Major League Soccer and for anyone who's dealt with them, which I did, you know, years ago, you know, MLS doesn't necessarily care about the game itself. They care about MLS. And truth be told, in my previous life where I knew a lot of folks at the League HQ, it was also a den of sycophants, adulators, and lick spittles. When Don Garber speaks, everyone falls into line. Or they might end up having a chance encounter with Luca Brasi. Think I'm exaggerating? You know what? Truth be told, maybe I am. Luca Brasi is, after all, a fictional character. You know, but maybe Sasha Question could chime in here. You know, truth be told, like him or not, love him, hate him. Alexi Lalas probably had the best analysis of this firestorm. Um, And this is probably why I think he's probably the best commentator on the game today, not necessarily captured by anyone. He just sort of says what he thinks, and I 
at least that's the way he comes across. So, um, you know, a lot of this is brewing through Twitter, right? Like her Exeter, sorry. Um, and he just outlined six bullet points to capture this, which is Exeter is only a sliver of the American soccer voice. It's very true. Number two, um, devoted U.S. Cup soccer fans are passionate but few and i think that's a reality and that's that you know to some degree it it's of our own making right like just the way it's been um you know exposed to the broader population and that sort of thing number three mls's responsibility is to the mls business not american soccer which is very true, although very sad. Number four, this one, I mean, should make a t-shirt of it. Hell hath no fury like a scorned sum. Soccer United Marketing. Um, number five, some of the more technical details. Um, USL has leverage now in the Open Cup and should demand a dedicated... Uh, CONCACAF Champions Cup spot, which is the winner of the um, U.S. Open Cup currently gets. And then finally, very true as well, historically, it's, I mean, this is the history of it. The soccer, the American soccer wars, we eat our own. So take that for what it's worth. So I'm just going to leave that at that. I think I covered a lot of ground. I didn't want to get into the sort of the nitty gritty nuance of um, of it as much. I just wanted to sort of give a high level opinion. Um, I as if, as if it's not obvious, I am a fan of of um, the U.S. Open Cup. I support Major League Soccer and have done in the past, and um, always try to look at them with a you know support supportive eye i don't question their motives at every turn although on this one i hate to say um i am far afield from major league soccer on this decision um it still remains one of the great stories opportunities every year that languishes because of the benign neglect that Major League Soccer has always had with the U.S. Open Cup, even when they were responsible for marketing it, um, which they really didn't. Let's be let's be real. Um, and I think a large part of that is because, right? Again, you, you know, there are great costs in the in the upper echelons of Major League Soccer if anyone makes Major League Soccer look bad. And there is, um, and when you have the potential of teams getting knocked out by, you know, the teams that they never recognize, right, in the USL or what have you, then um, that's problematic. And um, like I said, you might be met with a guy like Luca Brasi. But that being said, I would love to see. And I do think it's necessary. I think the Fed, the, f you know, um, the the 
soccer federation really needs to step up and i'm not saying they need to do some take some draconian measures to right the wrong and all this stuff i'm just saying it needs to exert itself as the authority of soccer in the united states and that like it or not major league soccer is a part of that even though major league soccer goes to great lengths to pretend it's not pretend it's something new and unique and edgy and all of that when the reality is is that there's this large canvas of that is that makes up u.s soccer and you can't ignore it and if you do so you ignore it at your own peril and i think that's what the federation is for so um with that i am tuning out this this is going to get framed this got signed oops sorry this got signed as you can see um by tony miola um who i also played against when he was down at fort lauderdale i think um and uh yeah i'm gonna get this right but thanks for tuning in to this injured time i hope you like it by all means if i'm wrong which i never am but if i'm wrong down below um by all means leave your comments shoot me an email um thanks for tuning in as thank you for your support as always to my patreon members very appreciative and grateful making things happen and um yeah so we'll talk soon <laughs>